Hey, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. My name is Pastor Roy, and I am the lead pastor here at Arthur Pentecostal Assembly. Now, normally if we were meeting in person, and trust me, that day is coming really fast, but if we were all in the same room, I would ask all the fathers to stand to your feet so we can honor you today. But let's face it, we all know that you don't want to stand up. You just want to stay reclining where you are. So guess what? You don't need to stand up. That's my gift to you. Now, Father's Day can bring up many emotions because maybe you didn't have a relationship with your dad. So this is kind of a weird day for you. Or maybe you don't know your dad. Or maybe your dad is no longer with us. Or your dad is. Celebrate him today while you have the chance. I, I think dads need to be encouraged because your job is so important. Sometimes media will downplay the importance of the role of the dad. I mean, if you watch any sitcom or TV show, often the dad is portrayed as someone who could barely make it through the day without messing up everything, never mind being an instrumental role in the house. But dads, your job is so important. James Dobson in his book, Bringing Up Boys, tells of an idea executives had from a greeting card company on Mother's Day. And this is what they came up with. They set a table in a federal prison and they invited inmates to send a card to their mom for free. And to their surprise, the lineup for the greeting cards was so long, they had to send out for more cards to be brought in. Now, since their idea was so successful, they decided to do the same thing for Father's Day as well. Now, as surprised as they were with the success of the Mother's Day trial, they were even more surprised in the response for Father's Day. Not one person felt the need to send a card to their dad. In fact, many when they got, when they got asked, why didn't you take advantage of this offer? They replied, they didn't know who their dad was. Dads, your job is so important. In fact, according to a study done by the United States Department of Justice, when there is no father figure in the home, here's the statistics and they're quite grim. 90% of runaways don't have a dad. 71% of high school dropouts are fatherless. 70% of juveniles in detention centers, also fatherless. 75% of adolescents in a juvenile substance abuse center have no dad. And 63% of youth suicides, fatherless. Now listen, I don't want to give off the sentiment that single moms out there are doomed because we know that there are incredibly strong women that didn't choose the situation that they're in, but they're doing an incredible job of raising young men and young women. But what I wanna highlight for you is this, A, how strong those single moms actually are, and B, how important the role of a good dad is, no matter how much society wants to downplay it. Now I recognize in my own life, I wear a bunch of different hats. I'm a husband, a father, I'm a pastor, I'm a friend, a son, a brother, a neighbor, I've been a coach, mentor, a student, but the most important role and most fulfilling role that I play is in my home as a husband and a father. And I love being a dad. And this, this is a strange year for me because while I'll never stop being a dad, I am in the midst of a definitive shift in what that looks like. See, my son Mason is entering his third year of college and my daughter Janelle is off to university in September. And I realized for the last 20 years, I have been directly responsible for one or two little people under my roof. And this year for the first time in two decades, 
that's not going to be the case. And so it makes you reflect. And as I look back, I loved every minute of it. I loved every stage. I, I, loved, I loved when they were babies. Before my two came along, I never held a baby. I was afraid of babies. I thought I was going to break babies. But I got good at it. I got good at burping them. I got good at feeding them. I got good at changing their diaper. And then toddlers emerged. And that was even more fun. As they started to say the craziest things. And, and Mason would just provide commentary about everything that was going on around him. And Janelle was always looking for a way to put on a show or, or get into trouble. And from there... They began to be a little more independent and old enough that we'd start to take them to movies that we wanted to see too. Or we were able to take them on roller coasters and things like that. And then they began to develop their own interests as teenagers. For Mason and I, we, he took on my love of sports. And so over the years, we've been to countless football, hockey, baseball, basketball games together. Janelle and I, we share a love of action movies. Whether it was catching one of the Mission Impossible movies in the theater or Recently, all, we watched all 11 Star Wars movies together. Every stage has been more fun than the one before. So now Jen and I find ourselves transitioning to a spot where we're cheering on our kids from a distance. And we just pray that we've given them a foundation that they need in order to be successful in life. That they'll be hardworking, generous, kind to everyone, and just have the courage to go after their dreams, the dreams God's put on their heart. But all along the way, my joy has come from watching things through their eyes. I mean, there's nothing like watching Janelle burst with happiness or pride when she finishes a, a painting or completes a project. When she grasps what a strong and truly intelligent young woman she is. Here's a picture that I cherish. It's, this is Janelle at Disney World. She's, you can't see it, but she's up on my shoulders and someone snapped this and she's watching fireworks. And I'm seeing the fireworks through her eyes. And it was better than the actual fireworks itself. Watching Mason score a basket or a touchdown is better than doing it myself. Watching the world through his eyes as he discovers what a great leader he is. It's just, it's priceless. Here's another picture. This was last year at the Raptors' first playoff games. We had won tickets to, and it was such an incredible experience for me. But it was so much better watching him experience that moment. I think that's how God is as a father. I think he never tires of the sun rising or setting or producing a rainbow or the majesty of a mountain or waterfall. But I think his enjoyment doesn't come from the sunrise or the waterfall, but watching you enjoy his creation. That's one of my dad's biggest gifts to us as kids. My dad loves nothing more than seeing his kids enjoy life. And he will literally give you the shirt off his back because he loves watching you enjoy life. I'm going to look at three things today of a good father, but a good father delights in the delight of his kids. God in the same way delights in our delight. I think we miss that sometimes. I want to look in Genesis chapter 1, all the way back to the start of the Bible. Starting at verse 29, it says this. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, 
I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. God creates this world, and it's a gift to us. But what we have a tendency to do at times is take for granted the gifts that we have in our lives. Don't you kind of feel like that a little bit right now? So maybe you're a grandparent, and COVID has forced you to put some space between you and your grandkids. And up till recently, you could talk to them on the phone, or maybe you saw them on video, or maybe you drove by and waved, but there was something so desperate in you that wanted to just hug them. The ability to do, whatever, do that was such a gift, and this situation has now shown you that. Or meeting up with friends, going out for dinner, going to a movie, shopping without a mask. All these things we took for granted. And we can either grumble about what we've lost during this time, or we can acknowledge that those things were gifts, and that we should not take them for granted when we have them back. So you can't be grateful for something that you take for granted. If you want to be a grateful person, a thankful person, that begins with acknowledging that all of this life is a gift. Every drop of water, every crumb of food, every breath of air is provided by a God that has thoughtfully and lovingly provided it for us. And when we begin to see every aspect of life as a gift, when we, when we enjoy his creation, God delights in that. The second part is this. A good father is not bothered by his kids' questions. There's a video that Gillette a few years ago brought out that I want you to see, and I think it's pretty powerful. Oh, donc là, être père, c'est un, un défi. Aujourd'hui, tout se passe sur, sur Internet. Su teléfono comunicarse con sus amigos. You know, they have the world at their fingertips. Do your kids come to you as much as you went to your dad? Um, no. All right, come on in. So first up, I'm going to have you look up a few things on the internet. How do I tie a tie? Como preguntar una chica cuando salir? Hey. Como es que How do I fry an egg? Ah. Bien. <laughs> le bar a brûlé. ¿Cuál es tu color favorito? Now I'm going to have you ask your dad. ¿Qué estás haciendo? So, which was better? The better teacher was my dad. And my papa. It was more personal on the information. You know what I don't understand. Your children are the most important thing in the world. I would like to thank my papa. It's yellow. It's a magic wand. 
shine up. <laughs> what a great video. Go ask dad. I gotta admit, I'm 44 years old and there are many times I look up something on how to do something on YouTube or Google, but there's still times I just pick up the phone and I call my dad. A couple months ago, I bought a barbecue for our new place and there's a natural gas hookup instead of a propane tank and that's the first time I've ever had that. So I wasn't sure uh, what that was supposed to look like. So the first time I hook up the barbecue, I turn it on and there's just a bit of a weird smell which can always make you feel a little bit nervous. And I wasn't sure if it was the new barbecue, if there's supposed to be a bit of a small smell at first. So to make a long story short, I picked up the phone and I called my dad, who owned a natural gas barbecue before. And he was able to walk me through that and everything was good. But as a dad, we love it when our kids come to us looking for advice, looking for wisdom. Whether it's about a car issue or how to shoot a jump shot or financial. It just brings us so much joy. There's this really interesting story in Luke 18, and Jesus tells this parable, which is like a fictional story that, that Jesus would tell often just to, to make a point. Luke 18 verse 1 says this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. Now for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he, will he find faith on the earth? See, what's interesting here is as you read through any of Jesus' parables, there's, these are, again, they're fictional stories, and often one person represents God, and the other person represents you. And so it's easy to read through this parable and, and make a snap judgment that God is the judge, I'm the widow. And so according to the parable, God doesn't really care about my problems. He doesn't care who I marry or where I go to school or what job I take or where I live. But if I'm the helpless widow and I pester God over and over, well, maybe I could just wear him down until he gets to a point where he just says, Fine, I'll answer your prayer. The problem is, the story is meant to show contrast. God's nothing like the judge who doesn't care. He's saying that God does care about your life, and he does care about the details, and he does care about what you're going through. And in the same breath, he's saying, you're nothing like the widow. You're not hopeless. He cares deeply about you and what's happening in your life. And in the same way that a father loves to give advice, your heavenly father loves the sound of your voice when you come to him looking for his input. You are not a bother. And the more you realize that, it's easier to go to him. Dads, it's the same for you. The way in which you respond to your kids when they come looking for you to, 
to, to, to ask advice will determine whether they come back to you the next time they need you. And the third and the last trait of a good father is this. A good father is always there for you. Now I know I've told this story once before, but bear with me if you've heard it because it works for this analogy. But the first time that I went up the CN Tower, I was about 10 years old. And I was with my dad and I think my brother and my sister. When we got to the top, the door was jammed and we couldn't get out. Now, there was an elevator host that was with us that was trying to keep the mood light by telling jokes while we waited on someone to come and help. But honestly, the level of anxiety in that elevator car was rising by the second. Panic was setting in and people were starting to just kind of lose it. And I specifically remember my dad saying something to the attendant and then pulling back some of the paneling, which I was like, dad, what are you doing? What I didn't know was that my dad, when he was younger, had a job working on elevators. So he knew that there was likely an emergency release lever that would open the door. And as soon as he pulled it, the door opened up, everybody came piling out and they cheered. My dad was a hero. And maybe you feel like you're in a, that spot right now. You maybe feel like there's this, you're in this spot and there's no way out and the pressure's getting to you and like the people around me, your anxiety is on the rise. What you need to know is your heavenly father knows the way out. He has the ability to lead you out. He knows where the emergency lever is. So you may feel like God's not there or that he doesn't care, but there's nothing, and I mean nothing, he wouldn't do for you. This morning, if you've got a good dad, celebrate him today. Honor him. Let him know. If you had a good dad and he's not with you anymore, thank God for the legacy that he left. There's so many people that wish they had your dad. And if you don't, didn't have such a good relationship with your dad or you don't know who your dad is, know this. You have a heavenly father that is crazy about you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, and there's nothing that he wouldn't do for you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for fathers. I thank you for the, the good fathers in our lives. God, I thank you that you are a good father. I thank you that you love every one of your children so much that there's nothing that you wouldn't do. In fact, you're such a good father that you saw the, etern the eternal plan for everyone. And you sent your son to die on a cross for us. God, we are just so grateful that when life gets us, we feel trapped or we feel like we, um, there's no way out, that you're always there. You've always got our back. You're always someone that we can turn to and ask for advice. You are such a good, good father. And so Lord, I, I pray for each of the fathers that are listening today. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray if they haven't been the type of father they wish they had to be, I pray today would be a turning point for them. That they would strive to be the best dad, even better than maybe the dad they had or the example that they had. I pray for the fathers that are doing a great job. I pray that you would encourage them and remind them that their job is so incredibly important and keep pushing on because their kids, kids need it. So God, I pray that you bless 
every father, every father figure, every grandfather, every person that plays that role in, in a young person's life today. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.